श्रवनम डायरीज पॉडकास्ट जय हरे कृष्ण वे आर रीडिंग भागवत गीता एज इट इज द बुक बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस अभय चरणार विंद भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद चैप्टर सेवन नॉलेज ऑफ द एब्सल्यूट टेक्स्ट फिफ्टीन नाम दुष्कृति नो मूध प्रपद्यंते नादम मयापहृत ज्ञान आसुर भावश्रिता दोज मिस्क्रियंस हु आर ग्रोसली फूलिश हु आर लोवेस्ट मोंग मैन खाइंड हुज नॉलेज इज स्टोलन बाय इल्यूजन एंड हु पार टेक ऑफ द एथियस्टिक नेचर ऑफ डीमंस do not surrender unto me purport it is said in bhagavad gita that simply by surrendering oneself unto the lotus feet of the supreme personality krishna one can surmount the stringent laws of material nature at this point a question arises how is that educated philosophers scientists businessmen administrators and all the leaders of ordinary man do not surrender at the lotus feet of krishna of shri krishna the all powerful personality of godhead mukti or liberation from the laws of material nature is sought by the leaders of mankind in different ways and with great plans and perseverance for a great many years and births but if that liberation is possible by simply surrendering unto the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead then why don't these intelligent and hard working leaders adopt the simple method the gita answers this question very frankly those really learned leaders of society like brahma shiva kapila the kumaras manu vyasa devala asita janaka prahlada bali and later on madhavacharya ramanujacharya shri chaitanya and many others who are faithful philosophers politicians educators scientists etc surrender to the lotus feet of the supreme person the all powerful authority those who are not actually philosophers scientists educators administrators etc but who pose themselves as such for material gain do not accept the plan or path of the supreme lord they have no idea of god they simply manufacture their own worldly plans and consequently complicate the problems of material existence in their vain attempts to solve them (laughs) 
This is so true. If we're trying to solve some material problem without like without surrendering to the Lord or accepting the Lord's knowledge and his teachings, we're just making it worse, basically. Because material energy, nature, is so powerful, it can resist the unauthorized plans of the atheists and baffle the knowledge of, in quotes, planning commissions. The atheistic plan makers are described herein by the word dushkritina, or miscreants. Kriti means one who has performed meritorious work. The atheist plan maker is sometimes very intelligent and meritorious also. Because any gigantic plan, good or bad, must take intelligence to execute. But because the atheist's brain is improperly utilized in opposing the plan of the Supreme Lord, the atheistic plan maker is called Dushkriti, which indicates that his intelligence and efforts are misdirected. In the Gita, it is clearly mentioned that material energy works fully under the direction of the Supreme Lord. It has no independent authority. It works as the shadow moves in accordance with the movements of the object. But still, material energy is very powerful and the atheist, due to his godless temperament, cannot know how it works, nor can he know the plan of the Supreme Lord. Hmm. He cannot know how it works, and he can't know the plan of the Supreme Lord. Under illusion and the modes of passion and ignorance, all his plans are baffled, as in the case of Hiranya Kashipu and Ravana, whose plans were smashed to dust. Although they were both materially learned as scientists, philosophers, administrators and educators, these Dushkritinas, or miscreants, are of four different patterns, as outlined below. First, or number one, the Mudhas are those who are grossly foolish, like hard-working beasts of burden. They want to enjoy the fruits of their labor by themselves, and so do not want to part with them for the Supreme. The typical example of the beast of burden is the ass. This humble beast is made to work very hard by his master. The ass does not really know for whom he works so hard day and night. He remains satisfied by filling his stomach with a bundle of grass, sleeping for a while, 
under fear of being beaten by his master and satisfying his sex appetite at the risk of being repeatedly kicked by the opposite party. The ass sings poetry and philosophy sometimes, but this braying sound only disturbs others. This is the position of the foolish, fruitive worker, who does not know for whom he should work. He does not know that karma, action, action, is meant for yagya, sacrifice. Most often those who work very hard day and night to clear the burden of self-created duties. <laughs> I see myself when I read this, I don't know about you. To clear the burden of self-created duties. Say that they have no time, no time to hear of the immortality of the living being. This is me, you know. There's no time. I'm so busy. I'm just, I'm running like that, you know, like that uh, how do you call it? hamster in the wheel, you know, there's so much things to do. There's no time, isn't it? Okay. To such mudas, material gains, which are destructible, are lives all in all. Despite the fact that the mudhas enjoy only a very small fraction of the fruit of labor. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes they spend sleepless days and nights for fruitive gain. And although they may have ulcers or indigestion, they are satisfied with practically no food. They're simply absorbed in working hard day and night for the benefit of illusory masters. Ignorant of their real master, the foolish workers waste their valuable time serving mammon. Serving mammon. Unfortunately, they never surrender to the supreme master of all masters, nor do they take time to hear of him from the proper sources. The swine who eat the night soil do not care to accept sweet meats made of sugar and ghee. Similarly, the foolish worker, who will untiringly continue to hear of the sense-enjoyable tidings of the flickering mundane world, but will have very little time to hear about the eternal living force that moves the material world. Number two. Another class of Dushkriti or miscreant is called the Naradhama or the lowest of mankind. Nara means human being and Adhama means the lowest. Out of the 8,400,000 different species of living beings, there are 400,000 human species. Out of these, there are numerous lower forms of human life that are mostly uncivilized. The civilized human beings are those who have regulative principles of social, political and religious life. 
those who are socially and politically developed but who have no religious principles must be considered naradamas. Nor is religion without God religion. Because the purpose of following religious principles is to know the supreme truth and man's relation with him. In the Gita, the personality of Godhead clearly states that there is no authority above him and that he is the supreme truth. For man's reviving the lost consciousness of his eternal relation with the supreme truth, the personality of Godhead, Shri Krishna, who is all-powerful, So, our civilized form of human life is meant for that. Reviving our lost consciousness with Shri Krishna, the all-powerful. Whoever loses this chance is classified as a Naradhama. We get information from revealed scriptures that when the baby is in the mother's womb, an extremely uncomfortable situation, he prays to God for deliverance and promises to worship him alone, worship him alone, as soon as he gets out. To pray to God when he is in difficulty is a natural instinct in every living being, because he is eternally related with God. But after his deliverance, the child forgets the difficulties of birth and forgets his deliverer also being influenced by Maya, the illusory energy. It is the duty of the guardians of children to revive the divine consciousness dormant in them. The ten processes of reformatory ceremonies as enjoined in the Manu Smriti, which is the guide to religious principles, are meant for reviving God consciousness in the system of Varnashrama. However, no process is strictly followed now in any part of the world, and therefore 99.9% .9 of the population is Naradama. Oh, look at that. The 10 processes of reformatory ceremonies are the uh, 10 samskaras. And right now in my per academy product placement, the samskaras courses are running by Anandatirta Prabhu now for the Prabhus, for the men. And then after one week, Radhasundari Mataji will be giving the two weeks course as well for the ladies. And here Prabhupada says that it is the guide to religious principles, the Manu Smriti. And these samskaras are meant for reviving God consciousness. And it is the duty of the parents to revive this divine consciousness in their children. <laughs> yeah. Because, interesting, right? He says that because we're not doing these samskaras, 99.9% .9 of the population is Naradhama. <laughs> wow. Hare Krishna. Okay. When the whole population becomes Naradhama, naturally, all their so-called education is made null 
and void by the all-powerful energy of physical nature. According to the standard of the Gita, a learned man is he who sees on equal terms the learned Brahmana, the dog, the cow, the elephant and the dog-eater. That is the version? No. That is the vision of a true devotee. Shri Nityananda Prabhu, who is the incarnation of Godhead as Divine Master, delivered the typical Naradhamas, the brothers, Jagai and Madhai, and showed how the mercy of a real devotee is bestowed upon the lowest of mankind. So, the Naradhama, who is condemned by the personality of Godhead, can again revive his spiritual consciousness only by the mercy of a devotee. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in propagating the Bhagavata Dharma, or activities of the devotees, has recommended that people submissively hear the message of the Personality of Godhead. The essence of this message is Bhagavad Gita. The lowest among human beings can be delivered by this submissive hearing process only. Submissive hearing process only. But unfortunately, they even refuse to give an oral reception to these messages and what to speak of surrendering to the will of the Supreme Lord. Naradhamas, or the lowest of mankind, willfully neglect the prime duty of the human being. I see myself here as well. <laughs> I see myself here as well because it's one thing that, uh, you know, um, when you're born in this culture and then at one point you see that you're willfully neglecting some of the principles even though you know them since childhood or you're willfully prioritizing something else and uh, I remember when I was like how old was I? 19, 20 I the first time I read this like I was really really seeing myself in some way that you know like we've been given all of this but my parents they never really forced us to like be fully Krishna conscious 24 7 um, we would not do any nonsense obviously nothing like beyond the four regulative principles but you know it would it, we would not necessarily be forced to take Krishna consciousness fully and seriously and you know but we would be given that option and naturally when I was a teenager I would not like teenager meaning before I was 15 I would you know I would be doing different things uh, in terms of education engagement and um, later on when I was reading Bhagavad Gita I could clearly see that you know this is it like you know this but you willfully you willfully neglect the knowledge you've received that kind of ingratitude and um, I even heard some devotees born in India they say that we are Naradamas because this culture, like their ancestors have been carrying it and they really know the fine, you know, like details of this Vaishnav culture and service to the Lord, but they are more attracted to the West. And they're, yeah, so 
Okay. Number three. The next class of Dushkriti is called Mayaya Pahrita Gyana, or those persons whose whose erudite knowledge has been nullified by the influence of illusory material energy. They're mostly very very um, learned fellows. Great philosophers, poets, literati, scientists, etc. But the illusory energy misguides them and therefore they disobey the Supreme Lord. Hmm. Very learned fellows. Yeah, it's very difficult to preach to them because they're, they already know everything. <laughs> it's very difficult. I personally don't relate with this category. <laughs> I relate with the two previous categories. This particular category, I don't really relate because um, at least this much, like <laughs> I, I have um, absorbed from my wonderful parents and teachers since childhood that, you know, it is the Lord to whom we should surrender. But uh, uh, I, I personally, I never found any other philosophy or poetry or like scientists. I never really found them to be so fascinating, as fascinating as Srila Prabhupada and like Prabhupada's books and uh, Vedic scriptures. Like I, I've never found them. I actually, one of the reasons that I, I was 15, I think I was writing in my diary that, you know, like I'm a becoming an adult and I'm it's a it's a conscious deci- decision that I want to be in Krishna consciousness that I'm surrendering to my spiritual master and I was thinking that you will never find anything deeper than than Krishna consciousness in terms of knowledge I was saying in terms of knowledge like Krishna consciousness has all the answers all the answers so yeah and it's very unfortunate that people get so lost in these like in the material knowledge that like they can't see the point behind it okay uh, there are a great number of mayaya pahrita gyanas at the present moment even amongst the scholars of the bhagavad gita in the gita in plain and simple language it is stated that shri krishna is the supreme personality of godhead there is none equal to or greater than him he is mentioned as the father of Brahma, the original father of all human beings. In fact, Shri Krishna is said to be not only the father of Brahma, but also the father of all species of life. He is the root of the impersonal Brahman and Paramatma, the super soul in every entity. Is his plenary portion. He is the fountainhead of everything, and everyone is advised to surrender unto his lotus feet. Despite all these clear statements, the Maya Pahrita Gyana deride the personality of the Supreme Lord and consider him merely another human being. This is so scary to me, you know? Like being so engrossed in this illusion that you're deriding the personality of Godhead 
They do not know how the blessed form of human life is designed after the eternal and transcendental feature of the Supreme Lord. Yeah. Honestly, the um, I mean, I'm not being racist or anything. I'm just like speaking from my experience, from my observation, that one of the most, like. No, I mean not only, but I've observed basically. It's it's painful to observe when people deride the personality of Godhead, and especially when Indians deride the personality of Godhead. It's really like to me, it's always heartbreaking to see. And I've heard many times, uh, like different Indians around India, like in cities, basically, how you know, like the skepticism and the lack of faith and like this deriding mentality laughing at it yeah what is this it's really like heartbreaking to see it's unfortunate all the unauthorized interpretations of the gita by the class of mayaya pahrita jnana outside the purview of the parampara system are so many stumbling blocks on the path of spiritual understanding the deluded interpreters do not surrender unto the lotus feet of Shri Krishna, nor do they teach others to follow this principle. And they're supposed to be the teachers. That's the worst part, isn't it? Like Shri Prabhupada, he would really like um, he would warn warn people in his books that you know so many so-called teachers and swamis who proclaim that they are God. Like in India, every other person is God. You know, like uh, like Prabhupada would always warn about this. And uh, there, the scientists, the poets, the philosophers, literati, the writers—they're supposed to teach others, but they don't teach about the Lord. They teach about other things. Okay. And fourth, number four. The last class of Dushkriti is called Asuram Bhavam Ashrita, or those of demonic principles. This class is openly atheistic. Some of them argue that the Supreme Lord can never descend upon this material world, but they are unable to give any tangible reasons as to why not. There are others who make him subordinate to the impersonal feature, although the opposite is declared in the Gita. Envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the atheist will present a number of illicit incarnations manufactured in the factory of his brain. Oh, this is where the illicit incarnations come. Such persons whose very principle of life is to decry the personality of Godhead cannot surrender unto the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. Sri Yamunacharya Alabandaru of South India said, quote, O my Lord, you are unknowable to persons involved with atheistic principles. Despite your uncommon qualities, features, and activities, despite your personalities being confirmed by all the revealed scriptures in the quality of goodness, 
and despite your being acknowledged by the famous authorities, renowned for their depth of knowledge in the transcendental science and situated in the godly qualities." Unquote. Therefore, first, number one, grossly foolish persons, number two, the lowest of mankind, number three, the deluded speculators, number four, the professed atheists, as above mentioned, never surrender unto the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead, in spite of all scriptural and authoritative advice. Hmm. Okay, tomorrow we shall read about four kinds of pious men, Sukriti, who surrender to the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The book links, previous episodes, timeline, and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description, and we shall see you tomorrow. Hello.